What's going on, podcast? Hello to you. Nice to be here. Oh my god, okay. I have been giving myself like these little 10 second snippets and then I don't like how it sounds and I restart. I do this all the time. So you know what? What's up? Here we are. This is raw and that's what I like about life is how raw it is. Um, first off, uh, we have a great conversation with Sam today, my, my good buddy Sam. We were roommates in college. He's one of my tightest homies. Uh, secondly, I'm thinking about what I want like the podcast song to be, the intro song. Um, I like the podcasts I've listened to where there's like that short intro and then kind of start talking over it over the end of the song while then it like fades out. Uh, super like profesh sounding. So um, if any of you want to hook me up with music or, you know, record a guitar riff, who knows? Um, so I'm looking for that. It's on my mind. Um, and then also, guys, I just have to say, um, I have been watching myself the past few weeks in hindsight, not really in the moment, but sometimes in the moment, uh, doing a lot of impulsive uh, purchasing uh, of clothes and of uh, food. Um, It's kind of interesting right now, I'm making some extra money driving for DoorDash and there's like kind of that freedom of um, when I'm out doing my job, if I get an impulse that I want to go get uh, curly fries, usually I can like submit to that impulse and make the choice to go have curly fries in my lap in like six minutes because I'm out and about, I'm in my car. It's like, and you know, I think there's a lot of value in looking at the things that I do that I don't want to do, right? I mean, it's kind of uncomfortable for me to do that. Um, And, you know, it's uncomfortable for me to say that on the podcast. I'm like getting impossible whoppers on the regular, like also, but also I'll go to a grocery store. I'm getting bananas on the regular granted not no that's a lie when i'm trying to act healthy over here fast food is that jam but doesn't make me feel the best right there's a reason you know like can i give up some tongue pleasure for you know helping my body and my being feel a lot doper in my day today or tomorrow whatever it might be um and You know, in my head, it's not really about the food. It's not really about the stuff. It's about walking. I mean, again, it's like the lesson of meditation. I'm like hearing these thoughts of, hey, Wes, go to Kohl's. See if they have any cool shirts or whatever. Or come on, you just want whatever. I don't even know all of the stupid uh, excuses that my ego can come up with right or my my monkey mind whatever i want to call it the part of myself that i feel like i'm listening to but it's like when i'm not doing something or when i'm doing something that i don't necessarily love 
I don't want to be like, well, that wasn't me. That was low vibrational Wes. I'm, <laughs> I'm high vibrational Wes. Um, I certainly don't want to categorize myself like that. And I don't want to spiritually bypass, but what I do want to do is, uh, put it out on the table. And that's what we're here to do. Putting stuff out on the table. Uh, what's out on your table? Drop a comment and, you know, hit, I'll hit it, hit it up on the comments or whatever, who knows, but we're going to get better at this. Um, I'm trying to make sure that episode three is the worst audio we ever have. So I think that should be uh, no problemo. And uh, before we get into it, I don't want to save this for the end, our of the week uh, list of the week. Uh, so the fruit of the week this week is uh, white nectarines that jam the perfect ripeness. And I eat them over the sink, right? A perfectly ripe white nectarine is a eat it over the sink snack uh love that um another of the week today is going to be hmm i didn't think about this beforehand uh owls bird of the week owls um i bought this owl painting at good again i'm buying shit all the time i bought this owl painting at goodwill for 88 cents <laughs> slap on the wrist and then um my sister had this owl statue and i have them in my room and my mom came in the other day and said hey did you know that owls were my grandma's favorite animal and it just it struck this conversation of of uh talking about my ancestors uh through you know, sparked by the presence of owls. So bird of the week owls, fuck with you, fuck with your owls. And uh, hopefully this is the podcast of your week today with my homie, Sam Langfords. Get into it. Before we get into it, <laughs> uh, we cut off three times. Uh, Sam's new puppy uh, had a little potty accident, malfunction. No, not malfunction. Incident. Uh, 12 minutes in and then... Uh, we reconvene, and then Sam's phone dies, and then we continue on little three three part convo. Um, hope you're gonna along for the ride. If not, be along for any type of the ride you want. Tune in next week. Never tune in again. Either way, I love you. You are full of light. And repeat after me: I will never stop learning. I'll be learning every day. Every moment of my life I grow. And that includes today. Enjoy this conversation. What up? Hello, hello. All right. So... This will be good, audio only, and I miss your face. And yeah, uh, our limit is two hours, which obviously I don't think will be a problem. But <laughs> yeah, man. Um, well, dude, I just want to say, like, you're like one of my fucking brothers on this earth, bro, and I'm like so appreciative to to have you in my life, man. 
Of course, I love you too, man. No, we uh, we definitely have that shared and understood energy together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, uh, yeah, dude, we met so long ago, which is so weird because, you know, I guess in my college friends always seemed like the new friends, you know? Right. And no, I think uh, as we kind of put more space between actually having been in school and like, especially for me, like when I see my, my younger siblings and I, you know, it's probably so similar for you with like Madison and Julia or Madeline and Julia, you know, as you see them hit those milestones you hit, it's kind of one of those things that makes me realize my age is, you know, looking back and like, Oh, my sister is driving now or, Oh, my brother's trying to date college during coronavirus. Like, especially thinking of them as children um kind of make me realize my age a little bit yeah definitely and like yeah i mean that leads into what i wanted to talk about which is like you know most of the people i've known in my life have all been in school my little sisters are in school and uh i basically treated school as like how do I get out? <clears throat> well, and I think there was kind of a manufactured end point for us, right? And I think that that yeah. is, it's going to be interesting to see how drastically that kind of shifts, especially because of, you know, how you kind of have to navigate, um, you know, COVID and schooling and what the college experience is going to look like. I mean, if you don't have a specific this is what I want to be, this is what I want to do, plan, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of kids make the decision to, you know, take a gap year, not go to college right away, rather than, you know, signing up for the dream that was really prevalent for us, where it's like, no, you go to school, you get a degree, and then you figure it out from there. Yeah, and, like, my, part of my decision-making during that process of embarking to college was like, could, can I get enough money to pay for it? Not really understanding loans and scholarships and all of that. So it was like this very much like, all right, well, I signed the electronic documents that allow me to be here. And like the money of it all wasn't real to me at that at the time no like what is this going to be in a monthly budget how am i going to you know navigate this i mean yeah it's it seems imaginary at the time right like that it's not like there's any actual thing that we're on the hook for initially you know 2012 sam west we're just Mm -hmm. like oh you know i need to like you said keep pushing these buttons to eventually get a degree well i need to go get a degree so yeah Yeah, dude. And honestly, it was like extended high school. Like I was in the choir, you were playing baseball, like kind of now looking at it, it's like, okay, what did I expect when I had like three straight years where I pretty much had like no job and yet I was spending thousands of dollars like monthly, you know? So it's like, okay, I guess I did have that time where I lived freely without while accumulating that stuff 
So now makes sense why I am where I am. Right. And, you know, it's always, I don't know, I think it's always a grass is always greener kind of scenario. But like, you know, there were knowledge and situations that I gained from it that, you know, I can't like retroactively say that, yeah, that was worth Wartburg's price tag, right? Like I, you know, I couldn't mm-hmm. tell a kid, you know, I like my brother, right? I would never even told him to consider Wartburg. You know, that's just not something that like I would recommend to people. But yeah, same. So can't go back and say like, oh, I regret it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I've the past few years kind of looked at um, well, honestly, even in, in my first podcast, I kind of talked about my college experience in a way where I kind of hadn't articulated it like that before, mm-hmm. where I kind of had like a, you know, partying, vibing. Then I kind of got break checked by my own lack of responsible action and like and then it was cool in a way because it gave me this choice that I didn't realize was a choice in right in the middle of college where I was like okay like do I just drop out and like not climb out of this hole or do I like approach finishing Wartburg now from a new perspective of like okay like I'm halfway in I gotta like tunnel my way out and uh yeah that was kind of a really good wake-up call at the time well and it's you know it's interesting because you talk about school we're talking about the idea of college and we're talking about it from like I guess like an idealistic view you'd be like oh yeah you know I want to learn as much as possible but especially for you in that situation and you know for a lot of us, right? It's like, no, I just want to get out of here. What are these tasks that I have to yeah. figure out? What, you know, A to B to C to be able to get out of here. And it became less about obtaining knowledge and actually bettering myself yes. that way and more so fitting into those rigorous standards of, well, you know, you have to have a philosophy credit or, you know, be this half leadership credit to get to X number of credits so that you can graduate, (laughs) you know, like it's all like, it's just so bastardized from like the idea of no, Hey, I actually want to go learn things. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think like that is, I don't know. It's interesting now because I'm starting to accumulate like, uh, ideas or topics or what, you know, what the vernacular calls majors, like areas of knowledge that are really interesting where it's like, I don't really feel this way, but I'm like, God damn it. I could have studied so much other stuff to get a degree that doesn't necessarily apply to the things I'm going to be reaching towards. Right. But now it's like, okay, well, why do I think that I would need some institution to give me the framework for me to read these books? I could just read books. Right. <laughs> no, and, and that's, and having, you know, kind of recently rediscovered a joy for reading, I think that that's something that organized education kind of beats out of you. 
right? Because again, you get into that, oh no, I need to accomplish X task, Y task, Z task. And you get caught up that in that and it's much less organic. What am I interested in? What are these topics that I can learn about and enrich myself with? And, and again, just how, you know, instead of that, which, you know, is like the idealistic version of learning going, you know, like what a school would be. And it's, it's much more task driven. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that makes sense because it's such a huge machine to encompass like every child in a given area. (laughs) And so it's like, I'm like reading. Well, that means homework and that means doing something I don't want to do. Mm -hmm. So then that, then that basically the correlation is learning is something I don't want to do. Or like, I'll only have to do it because it's assigned. And so, yeah, like, I don't know. Well, no, I think that, you know, that, I guess, lack of, because, you know, when you're in 18, when you're a senior in high school, I mean, some people have that, oh, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be, you know, veterinarian or, you know is the 18 year old that wants to be a tax attorney who, who, whatever. Right. So like some yeah. people have that focus, but especially, you know, again, if you're going to be doing online classes from home and these universities aren't going to be offering price breaks or changing anything up from that perspective, it's like, take a couple of years off, especially if you don't know exactly what you want. Because, you know, this general liberal arts degree or these, oh, what were they? Um, oh, like the classes you take in your first two years, like just, you know, gen eds. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You're going to pay tens of thousands of dollars for your gen eds. Like, it's just, it's not a smart investment. And you shouldn't just go to college to do that. But I will say, so I did hear, um, I was talking to somebody about Wartburg, it may have been Liz, and she said that Wartburg actually, um, for anybody that didn't want to go online, they're basically doing like a free year or a free semester, I don't know, they were doing something where they're like, actually covering the cost and making it tenable for students. I was like, very shocked, um, the lengths to which Wartburg was going. So I mean... You know, as critical as I am of them sometimes, I actually, I, I got to give them some props there. I mean, I guess, I mean, it, it, obviously it's all out of like, I mean, I just feel like the, the structure of like private schools is just, it becomes so, I don't know, top heavy, right? Like the way that corporations do, even those schools and nonprofits, like, and that kind of gets into the whole college world of, I don't know, the hierarchy of the money that goes into, right? Wartburg is a small, tiny example of contract with the city, millions and millions of dollars in debt for a really nice athletic facility because they want athletics to bring in the money, right? In this case, it's, it's not about the NCAA or anything, right? But it's about... Okay. What else is going to bring people here? Oh, no, I just took 
Hello. Howdy. Sorry about the interruption. Kelso had to poop. Give me a quick little pee on the carpet. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Navigated it. I got to get a better, uh, so you have to use like a, it's like an enzyme remover to like get rid of their pee smell. Right. Yep. But they don't pee in the same spot. And we need to get a better one because, I mean, on one hand, like at least it's just in one carpet that he'll pee, like one sure. corner of the carpet. Like, yeah. not quite once a day, but about once a day. Doesn't really poop in the house. Um, but yeah, whatever this one is, is not doing the trick. Dang. So, yeah, if any never stop learners out there have the hookup to the best enzyme remover, let your boy know. Yeah, I'll have to go. My sister has one that is good. Oh, I'll really? Go, I'll go check. Okay, dope. Later on, yeah. I'll send you a pic. Great. Kelsey's still a good boy, though. Yes, of course. Very good boy. Yeah, it's been really cool living with a dog because did you live with any pets growing up? Yeah, so we had, so when I was really young, um, we had a, I think it was like a, it was like a big Cocker Spaniel, it was probably mixed with something else, uh, named Bonzi, after Bonzi Wells, who used to play for the Trailblazers, um, and then we had to get rid of him when my brother was born, and then we went a while with just a cat, which was kind of lame, and then when I was like, in eighth grade, I think we got a dog. Cool. So yeah, I did grow up with a dog throughout high school, and I loved having a dog. Yeah, it's really really cool. And I didn't grow up with any experience with any pets, like my whole childhood, like through high school, basically. Just like, fly. Yeah, just flies. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like, and even most of my high school friends didn't have pets, which is kind of odd. But, well, like, I don't know, like, I feel like the internet, smartphones, constantly seeing, like, good boys on Instagram hello? or, uh, hello? I just lost, yeah. Oh, no. I can hear you. Just lost you. Okay, here we go. I got you. You got me again? Okay. Yep. No, I was just saying, I feel like uh, having a smartphone, right? Like, being able to see, like, you know, like, cat memes or, you know, sharing your pictures of your dog on Instagram. Like, I, I feel like that has boosted pet culture. Like, I don't know. Like, were people as stupid about dogs and cats as we are now, like, back in the 70s? Like, people had dogs, but, like, I feel like for a long time it was more of a practicality thing, right? Especially in, like, the 1800s. It was like, no, I need a, an animal companion to fuck up these wolves. Well, and I guess also, like, what I'm thinking from my personal experience is, like, growing up, the only, like, animals I saw were, like, the pets on cartoon on cartoons. <laughs> like... Mm -hmm. 
you know what I mean? Because that's like you were saying with no real internet, like visuals, images in my head on a regular basis. I never felt like I was missing it because I didn't really know what there was to miss. Right. Um, yeah, I know. I didn't, I don't know. It's I, again, and I grew up with them to some degree, but yeah, I just, I wonder if there has been that rise in pet culture because, you know, it's like you're seeing animals all over the place now. It's not just Goddard from Jimmy Neutron. Yeah. <laughs> or Courage the Cowardly Dog. <laughs> Who was it? He was like hardly even the pet in that show, though. Yeah, true. And the show gave me the heebie-jeebies. So I, 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 I know. Me too, dude. Um, I actually, upon the, the researching for Kelso, I apparently, so like cuteness is an evolutionary trait for dogs. And so like, it, the basically the article I was reading was theorizing that like dogs are getting cuter because it's, you know, increasing their likelihood that they get hit like a human mate, right? Like that's like... Mm what we as humans are deciding, oh, I want the cutest puppy. And so, like, that has actually been factored in as, like, an evolutionary trait for them. So, I don't know. If if you see any, like, GIFs from 1930, any black and white stop-motion GIFs of dogs. <laughs> Some stop-motion GIFs? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that is interesting because it's like this weird mixture of like evolutionary trait, but then also like our hand in like it, as a part of shaping the lineage of dogs. Like, you know what I mean? Obviously through like selective breeding, all of these, you know, wide variety of looks and different types of cuteness. Right. That right. like the dogs have developed because now part of dog survival is having a human that buys you basically like that's well and that's the put dogs like I mean you know you make the argument like hey who's actually number one on the food chain right because like humans having a pet dog or a pet cat at least in American culture it's like no you are subservient to these motherfuckers like we've been making it a point to only go to restaurants with patios because we got to bring our dog and oh we're feeding him and oh he's got a stunt tummy parasite like oh we're gonna take care of that like uh they got it good man they got it good yeah that reminds me i don't i bet you remember when we watched that neil degrasse tyson whatever uh like i forget which one it is but like oh, the I, Cosmos series when he was talking Cosmos, about Cosmos. Yeah, and there's that, I think it's in the first episode where it's kind of using this animation with him talking to show that, like, oh, yeah. wolves were, like, not friendly with hunters, but then there was, like, this, okay, like, the, hunter are, the hunters are going to throw away, like, the bones of the bison, so we're going to like creep closer. And it was like this developed relationship of like, oh, like we as 
wolves now are going to have a steady stream of scraps from this tribe. And in return, we're going to be friendly to these humans, right? Like it was like this give and take of, I mean, really that's like domestication, really. It's like how that goes down. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, ever since then, we've basically been taking them to the top with us, just saying, oh yeah, hey, you guys are better than, you know, the tigers and the elephants and the giraffes and everything else. We're placing you on top of the food chain with us. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. But also it's like uh, they humans basically like cut off basically like replanted like a cut from like the tree of like the canine lineage and planted it next to humans right Mm -hmm. and so now we basically like you know uh harvested and have grown and trimmed all these specific parts of the human canine breeds that are the same as wolves and coyotes and hyenas almost but like not because we kind of like picked them up out of that well in the same way with cats you know i go with dogs because true true and but like you know to the point of wolves coyotes hyenas like it's also like pumas mountain cats jungle or jungle cats tigers you know like all these variation of big cats and we've said no okay well obviously you know as tight as it would be to be tiger king and you know have a tiger like no we're gonna get you down small house size so that you're a perfect human companion Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah i uh on a little pet tangent but i uh i wish we could recapture the magic from where we were at before uh kelso decorated the carpet well you know, sometimes the magic floats away and, and we're going to have to to just uh, capture some new shit. Well, because where, I mean, do you remember where we were? I mean, we were still kind of talking about learning, basically. Right. Um, yeah, like, you know, I, I've kind of been in a position of talking to, like, my sister, my cousin Shane, like, late teens early 20s like different people friends of theirs and stuff and basically trying to you know warn them about the pitfalls that i stepped into mm-hmm. uh of you know of no fault of my own really at the time i i didn't know any better right. um but i'm able to like you know like for example um my sister is like was super pumped to show like the her friends or i don't know about her friends but like me and my mom like essays that she would write in like her in at the end of high school and so we were talking about like dude you like love writing you're super good at writing like what if you studied writing in college and i just remember it was kind of like huh right because still it was kind of like well what would how much does a writer get paid is like the classic like why would i go to college for writing 
Western capitalism to like yeah. what you actually want to do. And it's like so many of the like very inequitable because like the jobs that a writer would want are going to be in a city, but the jobs where you know that you're getting paid in a city are like paying living wages for like you know like Waverly say right I was uh I don't know if you've been paying attention you know the ringer with uh with Bill Simmons yeah yeah but they have been very active in trying to set up well they set up a union and there's like certain demands that they're getting and even them so the ringer in Los Angeles Spotify just poured like hundreds of millions of dollars into the ringer specifically and there were like staff writers that you would definitely like recognize that you know started off intern level at $11 an hour and then after so long then bumped up to $14 and then once that person was actually a full-time staff writer they made 42,000 a year and then like their next step up was $46,000 a year before they left and like if you're you know I'm a little biased because it's my lane right but like the ringer is a pretty well-known entity yeah but like, if that's what they're making, you know, these blogs that, you know, maybe have a very niche market that they're able to track through, you know, say Twitter or a specific social media website, like, if these guys at this very, oh, what's the, what's the term I'm looking for? It's a very optic, right? Like, you can see the ringer, like the very present media. Yeah, yeah. Like if they're only getting paid forty two, forty six thousand dollars a year, like I can only imagine like what other writers are trying to, you know, struggle to put together. Yeah. Yeah, and so right, exactly. And it's like, well, you know, she was thinking about going to Kirkwood to be a radiology tech mm-hmm. for a while. Because, you know, she was just kind of in a rocky place with you know, high school and, you know, dealing with life. And she was thinking that would be like a secure, like, you know, you know, good financial outlook, you know, good job rate or whatever the fuck. Right. And, and I was just like, Hey, here you are about to go spend a couple of years, like really studying and like building skills that you want to be able to use in your career. Like, what if you plugged yourself in to this infrastructure that was going to push you to write more than you ever would on your own? Right? And in different ways and about different stuff. Like, fuck the degree. Right. And, like, I'm looking at that as, like, damn, I did not look at school with that mentality ever. Right. Well, but then, I mean, to that point, it's like, do you really need to pay all that money to create content? Mm-hmm. You know, because like at the end of the day, that's what writing is. And if you can, I mean, you know, like you said, having the avenue, the vehicle to be like, oh, I'm in this spot where I'm writing because I have to, right? And mm-hmm. again, that was a learning style that for both of us became that task oriented thing where it's like, Oh no, I have to do this. It's not that I get to do this. And so like, you know, not that she has to be passionate about being a radiology tech, which if she is, that's cool. Nah, she ditched that. She's doing psychology. Okay. That's dope. But yeah, see, like, I don't know. Like, I think that 
if you're going, I'm like, unless you're going to be like a, a TV anchor, right? Like, I think that a lot of this content creation stuff, you're better off just like diving headfirst into, you know, having your own side company and like having a portfolio of content to be able to bring people rather than saying, hey, I have a degree that says that, you know, I should be able to create content. Yeah. Yeah, man, for sure. You know, I, I think like, you know, I definitely look at it because again, I, I want to recognize that <laughs> like college isn't complete bullshit. I think it's way expensive in almost every regard, but right. It's like, if I was right when I was 19, would I have like sunk 20 hours a week of a side hustle into just learning how to write? Like never, like, and that's the thing Especially I think is like everything going on at college. Yeah. Or like, or if I hadn't have done college instead and like, and also it's like, okay, but, and who's to say that writing is going to be the thing you love. Right. right. But for me, I just wanted to be like, Hey, like, you don't, it's weird, you, but like, you don't have to approach college or teacher as like, you know, what jobs do psychology majors usually do? Like, that's not necessarily what it has to be, but it's like, you know, you're really interested in how the brain works. So like that knowledge is going to like, you're steeped in it in a way from someone who right from an educated professor where it's like if you're in the mindset of like let me milk this semester with this mind who's well versed in this topic so that i can like soak up as much as i can right like if you're there to soak up a lot of knowledge from in intelligent people who are excited to help you like then i think you know, that's different than me trying to write a bunch of blogs on my own to build up my portfolio. I, I think just the way that you interact with your own skill is different in that regard. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, having a having the mentor right there certainly is valuable. It's just, again, do you go, I mean, to say Wartburg prices, do you pay 50000 a year for that? Right. And I mean, I know Wartburg's an extreme example, but like the entire college infrastructure is falling apart right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because, oh, hey, we're not going to be able to have fans at football games. Right. And that's like kind of for me is like a huge highlight on how inept the American college system is and why we need to do something, you know, more European, I should say. Right. Obviously, I am not like, super well versed in exactly how higher education works over there but i know that yeah. much more funded by taxpayers rather than oh well you know our football team went nine and three is here we got a bunch of bowl revenue we're gonna be able to keep the lights on in the science department like what <laughs> yeah dude <laughs> yeah that really is crazy when you put it like that and but that's the reality for it and like you know, University of Iowa, in addition to already having to cut a bunch of other sports, like, you know, we haven't really totally seen the other shoe drop. But I mean, you have to think like professors are going to get cut. 
departments like oh hey our journalism department isn't bringing in enough money like oh we got to cut off that you know not enough kids are getting majors in that and kind of how these dominoes are going to fall is is going to be interesting yeah dude i think like i mean along with the pandemic and obviously this is a huge you know part of the reason that the light is being you know shown on the college system right now but you know i think just kind of interesting to see that like you know without any one individual being the culprit right it's the system of like wealth like floating to the top of like the institutions that manage it right the people who are in charge right at these high levels whether it be pepsi or Wartburg or like the military industrial complex like i don't know like there's there's like incentive to exploit like exploit every part of your like system i mean it's money so it, that the it, most it, it's money like yeah 100% what it is is if you if money is your driving factor you're always going to do what you can to get more money even if it's you know i mean you are going to not even tiptoe the lines you're going to blast the lines right because yeah. if you have enough money those lines are imaginary there aren't lines right right like it's just oh no i want to do this i'm gonna do this and if anybody has a problem about it i can put this money in the right spot and so continuously that's and make somebody else pay for it usually right oh i'm gonna skirt taxes because i run amazon right i'm not gonna have to pay any taxes because i can jump through all these numerous loopholes to not have to actually pay my fair share or you know and then that bug gets passed on to the rest of us or say warburg right oh well we want to draw people in with the outrageously expensive athletic facilities. Yeah. You know what? We can jack up tuition $12,000 over a five, six year period. No yeah. problem. You know? And so I just, I don't know. I, I just think it's a bit human nature, but also necessitated by money. Yeah. And you know, there's no incentive for companies to save for a rainy day. No, I was talking about that with, uh, with flock the other day. Yeah. Right. Pandemic. It's like, Oh, well, you know, you really should have had more in your savings account. It's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, why isn't anybody telling that to Southwest or, right. Merrill or any of these companies, you know, Ford Chrysler back in 0809. Right. It's like, how come you guys aren't expected it? Like, but that just goes to show you that, like, nobody actually has any money. All of this shit is made up. We can just yeah. print out. So, so, like, that's why I don't get, like, when you start talking politics and, like, you know, people are so focused on the economy. It's like, why are you so focused on the economy? None of this shit actually yeah. matters. Who, None ca of who cares? Right? It's like, not real. Why? It's not real at all. Like, it is... Like, we have chosen to, like, 
give it this value, but like at any time, oh yeah, we can have stimulus checks or, oh yeah. Like it doesn't matter. It, it, it literally is like, yeah, it's imaginary. Or, or like, you know, the government is going to slip in a multi-billion dollar bailout for like the oil industry under the fucking curtain, behind the curtain. Like that's, that's some shit where it's like, okay, like, right. The companies with a lot of money, when they have money, what are they going to do with it? They're not going to save it. They're going to invest it in politics and they're going to invest it in the stock market. They're going to do give it to lobbyists. They're going to use it to inflate their own stocks and they're going to give their CEOs more money. Dude. Dude, so... That is the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was listening to a podcast talking about utilities, right? Like electricity and saying like, electricity is really interesting because it's like a forced monopoly, right? Like wherever you live in America, you don't get to choose who you get your electricity from. Right. Which makes sense. And I hadn't really thought about this before because it's like, obviously we're not going to have like three companies, power lines running down the same road. Right. And yeah. Right. So like in that way, so basically when that system was set up, the government was like, okay, we're going to give you the monopolies in exchange for like us and you being like incredibly regulated. Right. So that's like, okay, that makes sense. And then basically one thing, the reason I bring this up is because, so like, I don't know whatever the specific contracts that the government has with the utility companies, um, but they basically get, so the government says like, you can't charge over this amount, right. To make sure they're not just raising the prices, which would be insane. Right. Um, and then I wish should just have state sponsored utilities. I know, I know it's, it's like really tough because it's like, how is this different from a road? Right. Right. Where it's like, we are all using this, but in the same vein, like the road was still built by private companies. Yeah. But see it, but if there was the marketplace where, you know, I could choose between mid American Excel, I don't know any other <laughs> electric companies because I've lived in two States and those are the only, <laughs> right? Like I, I, I don't know outside of mid American energy. Or but like, but that's the thing is like, how could you choose? There's like, no competitors, right? Like if it was like, Oh, I could go Verizon sprint T-Mobile, like, there's a marketplace where I could pick and choose my electricity provider. I could see the argument against state sponsored electricity, but with how it is right now where it's like, Oh no, I'm getting fucked by this company and it's okay because they drew up regional lines with other like electric companies. It's like, why? I mean, why not have this run by the people for the people? Yeah. Yeah. So basically the utility companies like are in charge of the upkeep of the systems, right? So mm. they get paid for that as part of the money they make from the rates they charge the consumers. Um, but alongside the money that they submit for like how much they spent on like maintaining the electrical system, they also put right alongside that how much money they invested 
in their own com- in their own stock. <laughs> and then wow. they get paid for that too. Oh my god. Yeah, so it's like this system where they're incentivized to like put more money into their own machine because they're getting paid back on it as if all of that money was gone to maintain the grid for the consumer. It's insane, bro. And again, I have like a very like scratching the surface understanding of this. Right. But it kind of blew my mind. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. So like yeah, I I don't know. I just for utilities because again, like sewer, we're all using the same sewer system. Right. Yeah. We're, you know, and I, that stuff, I guess, is probably a little more, you know, city of Denver. Well, I guess, is that state sponsored or is that like, is like the sanitation, you know, company still an outside company? I don't know. Hmm. I would want to know that before I, I ruminate on it too heavily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just speculating. Um, I will suggest, and I don't, I don't know how much you're reading or, or if you do audio books, but, uh, the book civilized to death by Chris Ryan, uh, I love is, Chris Ryan. yeah, right. From the ringer. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's not him, but, oh, yeah. wait, it's, it's just a different Chris Ryan. Yeah. It's a different uh, Chris Ryan. Bummer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he kind of basically lays out the argument that like corporations existing in capitalism are basically like like alien intelligences and he doesn't re- he doesn't say it like that but he's basically like humans are not the head of these machines humans are not the brain of the economy it is its own separate entity right like he always uses the example if tomorrow the CEO of BP woke up, woke up and said, I want to stop destroying the planet with oil, deep sea drilling and all this stuff. And he went into BP and tried to change the company. He would be fired by lunch. Yeah. Well, I mean, at Papa John's isn't run by Papa John Schnatter anymore. Right. Or not Papa John Schnatter. That's a completely different. That's like yeah. A- Papa John dude yeah pop john yeah pop john man like he's not even the head of papa john's anymore and they're not changing papa john's because they have way too much ad recognition about papa john's Mm -hmm. but it's like oh well we've got you know thousands of pizza stores nationwide we can't just shut down the corporation because papa john said the n-word papa john you're out like how i don't even I don't know, I guess, like, once you make your company, you know, a certain public entity and it can be invested in everything like that. Right, that's the thing. It becomes, like, this thing that is now, like, you just, like, released it into the ocean, basically. Right. And, like, (laughs) it's at at the mercy of, like, the rise and fall of the stock. It's at the mercy of, I mean, right, like, the executive people who basically have to answer to the shareholders who are basically just white dudes wanting their millions to grow like that's fucking insane 
Yeah, well, and it's like, it's as real and as imaginary as the economy. I guess, like, with brick-and-mortar places, at least it's like, oh, hey, there is, like, this physical aspect of, like, okay, I can tangibly see, feel, touch, taste, whatever your product is, right? So, well, I mean, but, but that's not the company. But that's not the company, no. Right, and the company's, you know, technical legal headquarters could be in the Caymans, right? And it's its products are made in China, right? And, like, all of this different shit. But yet I can walk into a Five Guys right here and be like, well, this is the company. But it's, like, not. <laughs> and it's, like, the people who are, you know, crazy, like, receiving value from, you know, the profits that a company generates are not the people who are the labor who are like the hands and feet of the actual business. Like right. those people are exploited. Those people well, are like, wage slaves. Uh, the pressure, the presence of mind to say, okay, no, I'm actually gonna, I, but I mean like, why would you as a Papa John's driver invest in Papa John? Like, you know, like, it's not like you are, like changing the face right like you're not driving business to papa john's so like it's weird because it's disconnected because like yeah you are the hands and the feet of papa john's but like what actually makes papa john's profitable isn't the performance of the pizza cutter the driver like at this point papa john's is just an entity that could shit on bread and serve it and we'd be like oh well you know they, they, they had a really good third quarter but but also though the profit does come from the pizza cutter too like that like without the pizza pizza cutter no one at the company makes any money at all that's what i'm saying like there's such a okay. there's such a difference between the labor and like the manager like it's and when we get into capitalism, like the CEO versus the manager of the local branch, like. Well, but see, I'm just, I guess I was speaking from the perspective of like, say like a mom and pop shop, you're like, oh, that dude that takes the orders, they're like this waiter or, you know, this specific person makes this experience, right? Sure. Like that's why I want to go to, Say lock like Fongs and Des Moines. Yeah, no, yeah. That's not even why, but like, you know, oh, it's a local place. I can only get it here. Like they they put real time and energy into being a local place, doing things differently. Whereas with Papa John's, it's like, oh, well, I know what I'm getting at Papa John's because it's it, it is already its own entity. It's it's a little less humanized than say like a mom and pop shop. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess you are commenting more on like the brand power uh, like now. Like that's really big. Because I mean, you are right. You know, if, well, until those jobs become automated, the hands and feet of the corporation, yeah, is done. Now, it's going to be interesting to see like you know, as automation becomes a thing, how do we redefine our definition of capitalism's driven in definition of what it means to work for a living? I mean, 
What's good? Sorry, What's you know me. My bitch ass phone died. I knew it immediately, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so you were saying Jeff Bezos, uh, I believe you're saying, like, may do everything within... <clears throat> right, within the law. Right, and then we can see, okay, so, like, wow, Jeff Bezos, what a great businessman, right? Amazon's amazing. It revolutionized shopping, right? Mm-hmm. And then we're like, okay, we all recognize the value of this company, but yet when we look at it, we see that all of the monetary value goes to him and he pays his employees the least he can get away with. Like, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, that's the way the system is. Like capitalism is like based and only can keep existing through exploitation. Yeah, it's just it's exploitative in nature. Yeah. Yeah. How money. I mean, it's how money circulates, right? It's how money circulates your economy. And I don't know. So I when I think about this stuff, I like think about like the end goal of what we're doing here. Right. Like in trying to make the economy as best as we can. Right. And trying to make government as best as we can. Like. What would you say is the goal of doing those things? I mean, I don't know. That's I I don't know if I agree with the premise of your question. Like, I don't, uh, whose goal is it to like better the economy? Not mine. I could give a fuck. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's people who vote based on how the economy is doing. Right. Like I know that's I mean, yeah, true. True portion of people out there that are like no i mean you know so i mean and and less about the economy aspect of it right like i i would say in yeah more on the government like what is the goal of what we are doing from a government perspective like are we rudderless or is there like an end point uh i think i would say like I don't know. It seems to me that like the government in how I look at it is kind of here to be like, all right. So without us, basically like corporations would be like run amok, like fucking everything up, like making everything expensive, paying nothing. Like, I don't know. That just seems like, government is a way to be like yo like we have to protect most of the people or at least we have to try right we want to make sure that not just the rich people get to drive on the roads right it's like we can't privatize everything and we want to put limits you can't you can't pay people one dollar well i mean legally right whatever right at least in this (laughs) on this continent which now it doesn't even matter. Right. Well, and so like how I answer that question is like, we're working towards utopia, right? Like it shouldn't that be the end goal of government is like working towards the best form of civilization there possibly can be. Right. Yeah. And so idealistically what government is, what the government is doing for you should be working towards your idea of 
utopia. And so I guess my, you know, and and not to make it too much of like a left right thing, Mm -hmm. but like, I feel like a lot of it, what it, that question boils down to is like, okay, do we want more government or do we want no government? And like, I'm sympathetic to the idea of like, Hey, if there was no government and it was everybody for themselves, like, you know, only the strong survive, you know, the, the, the best ever and you know, the top of the food chain will rise to the top. Right. I guess like there's that idea, but like based on where we're at now, implementing that sort of idea towards working towards utopia, it's like, well, you know, the starting points are completely different. Like that would just be completely inequitable to, you know, people that are in poverty right now to just remove government entirely. And so that's kind of why Mm -hmm. in most matters, I favor having more government intervention because I do think that there needs to be those regulations that you're talking about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you can't privatize this or like with fucking, you can't dump your pollution in the river. Right. You can't dump your pollution in the river because you want to, or like with healthcare, right? Like healthcare being a capitalistic enterprise at all. Oh, I know. Right. Like (laughs) how much money you have shouldn't decide whether or not you die from lung cancer. Right. Like I worked in insulation, um, you know, two summers over my, my college years, I think like my freshman, sophomore year. And like, you know, one of the dudes that worked there got lung cancer because he was breathing in insulation constantly. And like, he died, right? Like, this was a dude that worked there like three or four years before I did. And they would tell me about him. I was like, okay, he died. But I guarantee you, if the dude that owns that company gets lung cancer, he's going to live because he can afford to have lung cancer, basically. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Shit. So, like, I don't know, like, I, I guess I'm sympathetic, like, yeah, maybe in a perfect world where everybody is starting off from, you know, the same spot, like, yeah, maybe that pipe dream of limit government, have no government intervention could work, but with where we're at and how powerful these companies are. Oh, there's no way, there's no there's way. There's no way, there's no way that you can. Absolutely not, yeah, exactly. Well, and here's the thing, right, it's like what you were saying about people are like, well, the the economy and, you know, I think a huge aspect of what we see now, you know, identity politics has become the thing. And it's like, I'm voting for the guy who hates abortion, just like me, right? That's kind of, there becomes other factors besides like what an individual politician is, says they're going to enact uh, outside of the thing that fits your storyline of what the world should be, right? Like a conservative Christian's idea of utopia is right. They want, they want their politician to ban gay marriage and to, to whatever, whatever it happens to be. So it's like, okay, maybe we don't want like, I don't know. It's like I was watching uh, the daily show with Trevor Noah yesterday And he had this Republican dude on who used to work in like the George W. Bush administration. Right. And one of the things he was saying, he's he's like, look, what I've seen now with Trump shining the light on the toxicity of 
like kind of the right wing, you know, machine is that he's like, I've realized if, if I'm looking down 20 years and I'm like, what are our problems potentially going to be in 20 years? Climate change, right? Like automation, uh, you know, dealing with still going to be poverty. There's still going to be funding, natural disaster relief, government aid, all of that stuff. And he's like, and he's like the place where those arguments and like the blueprints for how we set up, you know, Medicare for all, for example, like he's like those plans and those discussions are going to be happening in the democratic party. Like, and this is like, this is this Republican dude saying this because of what we're seeing the authoritarianism, like, fuck the left I just, I new don't... vibe and i'm like yeah like i agree with that but it's like right now well hello how do we get there well right and like i mean like that's why it's so frustrating that the republican national you know the gop doesn't even have a platform this year literally bro they literally don't even have a platform like how can you say that you're somebody with principles with ideas when the party that you're voting for literally doesn't even have a platform. Well, that's what he was saying. He it's was just like, Trump. It's Trump. I mean, he was like in George W. Bush's Republican Party was a party on like uh, what like personal accountability and family values and like small government and all this stuff. And he's like, Trump fucking reversed the train, and a lot of the people are just on the train no matter what. Yeah. Well, and, and, I mean, and it can only, like, dive basically as low as he... And I just... Yeah, and that's the thing about Biden is, like, you know, I'm not nuts for the guy. He was not in my top five choices for, you know, a Democratic candidate. But the thing that I guess where I have confidence is, like, I trust that he is going to have good decision makers around him. Right. Because like with Trump, it's like there's so many spots in his cabinet that he never even filled. And I mean, spots that are there have been a revolving door with like, you know, hey, we're going to have, you know, a different secretary general, like, you know, two or three throughout his group, throughout his presidency. You know, we're going to have all of these different cabinet positions that are a revolving door because, you know, either people a get sick of Trump's shit or b get found guilty of crimes or get yeah. for crimes. Right. Like it's just been such a shit show. And at least with Biden, you know, like all of these cabinet spots are going to be filled by competent people. Right. Like I think he'll be a good delegator of things because the presidency is a figurehead anyways. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think not entirely a for show position, but I, I think a lot of it is cosmetic. Yeah. And that's, I mean, partially why we look so bad right now. Yeah. But then also you get the, the decay from not having these actually meaningful positions filled. And it's just, oh, hey, I'm going to make a Trump decision on it because that's what the fuck I do. And it's just... Right. Yeah. And like... I just something that you said earlier when you were asking the question about like, what would be our ideal for what we would want our government to fight for 
to mm-hmm. help us reach that utopia, right? So it's like a lot of people vote from different places, like you were saying, some about the economy, some about, you know, those specific things, right? The like social, cultural, whatever. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I think where it's like, it's hard to separate the fact that we live in a capitalist society from like our democracy, which is that like, you know, a forest that is logged and cut down is worth more to the GDP of that country than by letting it live and letting it breathe and letting it exist as it is. And yeah, that that's yeah. like the issue, bro. Like, yeah, we can't like the economy aspect, like there's no, like the earth cannot advocate for itself. And like you were saying about the utopia, right? Part of a utopia is a strong and thriving ecosystem that supports human life. And we are like taking the foundation out from the skyscraper that we live on. Like, and so that for me, that's part of what government looks like in fighting for my utopia is being the voice of the forests, the voice of the oceans, right? The voice of the rivers, because those can so easily be bought by corporations and tapped and exploited and destroyed. And it will add to the economy. That's the most fucked up part of it, right? Like, so, I, you know, it's, it's hard to socially separate those two things. But I think in the, in the same way that we see, like, the indigenous peoples of America constantly having to fight for their right to exist on the land that has always been theirs, right? Like, the same, like, you know, in a way, like, well, indigenous also human beings are the voice of the fact, earth, right? The fact that, like, and I'm sorry, like, I don't know if there's that. Awkward. No, no, yeah, jump in. Like, the, I don't know, because the concept of land ownership has always been crazy to me, but, like, that just goes to show you that land doesn't belong to anybody. Mm-hmm. Like the, the idea of entitlement to land is imaginary because, you know, if you're the native Americans, white people can come in and just say, Oh, Hey, this is mine. And now it's, Oh, Hey, you know, we want to gentrify a neighborhood. We're going to buy everything out and you got to leave. Like it's the same shit. Yeah. I mean, it's like they're so, yeah you can own land land can be yours but like at some point land is going to switch hands it's never actually yours it's earth's right it's the land's land which is why we need to like have a precedent because like you said it can't speak for itself and if we're going to have land to switch hands under this you know under the system that we're in if there is physically going to be desirable land to switch hands we need to take care of it and not prioritize it for the economy. And it just creates this like fucking loop where I'm feeling like Charlie Kelly meme, if you will. I don't know if that means. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, you're connecting all these lines and it's just like, there's so many things where it's, it's hypocritical or it's ironic. And it like, just the logic clashes so constantly. And it's like, Oh, was it all set up this way to just like, frustrate you in the most yeah i don't know it's it's frustrating it's frustrating 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, back to like learning, it's like, okay, you know, I was kind of surprised when Chad told me that he was going to go to law school. I was like, why? But even just a little bit more thought and, and hearing him explain, it's like, hey, like, the law is kind of the grid work of advocacy for our own human rights. Right. Like when things go down, when people are hurt, when harm occurs, or even when need exists, when people just need to be supported, like the law is something that you need to navigate. And there are a lot of people who do not have the ability to be knowledgeable because life has thrown circumstances, right? So many people wouldn't know how to bone up on their shit when they have to go you know sue a company for dumping oil in their backyard right like yeah. even that type of shit where you want to be like uh hello fuck you why did you just do this and then yet you still have to go and spend a hundred thousand dollars to fight for a company to like <laughs> pay the price for what they fucking did like yeah and so in that way it's like yes that skill <laughs> Can well, we will provide value for people who need, need it. government government to step in and hold those hold have accountability in situations right right because if it is because again our system is incredibly inequitable and like you said if it's left to the people on their own devices in those areas to do it most of the time it's going to get swept under the rug or there'll be a settlement and they didn't get anywhere near what they could have gotten right and that's why we just we need to have government to protect especially in you know those situations yeah yeah and so <clears throat> you know I'm, I'm figuring out like you know the the ways in which i can i don't know like put in time and effort and in some way be compensated for that time and effort and to be helping us all move towards that um uh, what's the word utopia utopia yeah right um and then also at the same time like we like, have the ability to figure out kind of be a cog in a you know a capitalistic medium that's working towards your version of utopia at least that's like kind of what I struggle with, right? Yeah. Wanting the work, because I mean, you got to make a living, right? I mean, you have to make money. So it's like, you know, do you sacrifice working towards your idea of utopia to just continue to chug along in a system that you don't approve of? But you need to like play, you need it to play both lanes, basically. Right. That's a, tricky balance to, to work well and this is also kind of interesting is i think we have an ability to create our own kind of internal experience maybe not utopia but like you know wielding choice in order to to not you know feel existential dread or to feel shit about my life or to be worried about what other people think like 
I think that there's a lot to do in the internal world. And that's kind of a journey that I'm, I've, I've been embarking down lately. It's just like, yo, I can not let the world like get me all riled up. Like, because um, it that- makes sense that I do get riled up, right. but I can be in more control of myself. And again, that's not something that anyone ever told me. I never learned from an elder about how to calm myself down when I was dealing with a lot of emotions, right? Or how to not follow my thoughts sometimes because then that's how I get anxious or that's how I start to worry about X, Y, or Z. And, you know, again, when it comes to like, oh no, like, uh, I, what's my major? Or, well, I got to choose, like, I majored in, I majored in education and I hate being a teacher, but I guess I got to keep doing it because I'm not qualified for anything else. Right. Like I think, I think there are those things that seem really logical that are just kind of like traps of the system to be like, Oh, you're sad. Well, like get drunk on Friday and Saturday night. Right. You know, I don't know. Like, 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 that's kind of a weird rant, but. Well, I don't know. I, that's, I think spot on, right. Is, Oh, Hey, you're not, enjoying your part in the system like numbing right you know purchase this to numb it or make it seem less present at the time right like yeah get this get this to take care of it like oh at least you have security in a sense but then it gets to a point where it's like whoa you dug yourself in this hole of like again forcing yourself into this system that you don't necessarily support. And it's kind of tough to be able to even take that step outside of that. Because again, Mm -hmm. the system necessitates that you are a somewhat efficient cog in it. Yeah. Right. There's a baseline level of efficiency that you basically have to maintain if you want to live on your own, whether or not it's working towards, you know, like you said, your your version of what you want to be doing and the world that you want to be working towards. Right. Yeah, totally. And I think, like, for me, the goal is for those two things to be the same thing. Right. No, same. Right. Hundred percent. But I think, but like, say that. But like, for but like, that's not the case right now in my life. So, I think it's like. You know, before I didn't really, before I had a thought about it, I would be like, yeah, let's like party and let's get fucked up because I'm in school. Fuck school. I, I got to go to class on Monday or whatever. <laughs> like, and now it's like, oh, we, um, <laughs> I can like put in my effort separate from my role in the cog that I play, you know, at this time. And then I can also like, start to create my own momentum for right like the reason that you and i are having this conversation yeah because those are like you're exactly writing right like hey i can be a radiology tech to you know fulfill my cog duties but then if i also have my side thing where i'm writing and creating content like you know that's 
a, a means to an end of that self-exploration. Right. And I think, and, and that's, but that's the slippery slope, right? Is that you make the, you make the, oh, compromises, right? Where you say, okay, well, right now I need to save up X amount of money or I need to have this amount of money coming in. So this is what I need to do for right now. Mm-hmm. And then just, you know, because of whether it's human nature, you're a procrastinator, life actually decides to take a shit on you for six to 12 months in those, you know, unavoidable life circumstances, whether it's like you know, death in the family, you get an illness, you know, life happening to you. It mm-hmm. gets to the point where, whoa, it's 10 years later and I haven't been spending my time doing what I want to do. Right. Right. <laughs> I've just been existing as this cog and that's, I don't know. That's like, that's like my biggest fear, right? Like I just, I don't want to be 10 years down the road and just continuing to be a cog. Like I, I want to have that realization that we're talking about where it's the perfect harmony of, Hey, I feel like I'm working towards how I want the world to look while also, you know, meeting my requirements of cogdom. Right. Right. Yeah. And so for me, I think I've kind of looked at, you know, I've had a job where I was super drained every day because my job was boring and I was calling and I was in an office and I was bored. Right. But like that type of boredom, like really drained me. And I remember that feeling of just being like, give me like stimulation from something I like. (laughs) I've had all this stimulation from like shit I have to do all day. Mm-hmm. that the last thing I wanted to think about was putting an effort towards some internal intrinsic goal from seven to nine. Like, cause it, I just, you justify it. You're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. It was a long day at work. You know, I know I want to learn how to play the piano, but I just yes. take a second and play some 2k. Like God. Yeah, boy. Rest. And then like you look back and I look back and I'm like, damn, I'm not anywhere near as good at piano as I should be. Yeah, because yeah. this was in that cycle. and I want to avoid putting myself back in that cycle. I want to just live more intentional than that. Right. Yeah. And like I found that when I was teaching after I got probably like three months in kind of got that learning curve, got through the learning curve. And then I was like, just my outside of school time. I was like, dude, now I'm just living. Like, let's go hang out. Like, I was, like, live streaming. I was, like, freestyling. I was hanging out with all my friends, like, traveling. Like, because my job was, gave me a little bit more life. I had the energy of these 10-year-old kids. And it was just, like, and, you know, even right now, I'm driving for DoorDash. It's like, okay, if I look at that in a vacuum, it's like, that's your job like that sucks and it kind of sucks and like I'm putting a lot of miles on my car you know I'm like my I'm depreciating this asset that I own but I feel fucking great and I listen to music and podcasts and I get high and I vibe and I make money and then I come home and I'm like energized because I 
have this relationship where I'm like, all right, I need to go get a hundred dollars. Well, I'll go work till I get a hundred dollars and then I can come do this other thing. And so in the same way, like I was talking to my sister where I was like, you would probably love this book. And I saw this like almost eye roll and I was like, oh yeah, you're 20. I didn't want to read a book <laughs> until <laughs> I was like 25. No. Like, you know, <laughs> No, absolutely. Not. And I get I, it because I feel, I she's in it. I probably only read, man, two to five books over that like five year period. Like I read through, I mean, in the, well in the high school, like I enjoyed reading and then it just gets beat out of you. Cause again, it's, Hey, do this task. And it just seems so much more tax task oriented rather than like organic learning opportunity or, you know, the enjoyment of like getting lost in a, a fantasy novel or something like that. Like it yeah. just, it seems so hard to actually achieve because you're just so used to reading being in, being in an entirely different arena. And I don't know, that's especially the past couple of uh, past two months. I've been doing a ton of reading. It's been awesome. Hell yeah. No. good stuff man dude no that was good uh, yeah i felt like that went pretty well man that was i i agree i agree <laughs> well good stuff man thank you so much uh man thanks for having me on man you're welcome and we'll definitely do it again sometime can, soon bro can i plug something real quick plug it plug it uh, okay um all right well yeah because i don't think that's this is going to get the did you shout out blueberries last week or did you shout out honey crisp apples? I shouted out honey crisp. Okay. I want to shout out fucking blueberries, man. I, I crisp fucking blueberries. Ah, oh, delicious. Um, go get some blueberries at your local store today. Good stuff. Dope. Well, uh, Wes, love you, man. Uh, I love you. Never stop learners. Love y'all. And I can't wait to hear it once it's up. Good shit, man. Same here. Peace. Peace. All right. Never stop learners. Thank you for tuning in. And finally, we have our tarot card of the week. This week's card is called self-talk. This is a high energy card, and it is directly related to how you are treating yourself. Your guides are telling you that it's time to work on being kinder to yourself. It is important that you become aware of your self-judgments and inner dialogue. It's time to start consciously talking to yourself as if you were your best friend, using kindness and compassion. You do this for others. Now it is time to do it for yourself. How often are we showing up? because it's an expectation of other people and not because we want to do it or need to do it. I don't know, I felt bound by the framework of the schedule of what it means to be a student or be an employee, right? Be a cog in the capitalist wheel. Um, and I think, look, we got to do what we got to do. 
we're all dealt a hand of life. We can choose to react, right? We have a fair amount of control over our uh, choices and, and, and how we perceive and how we frame what, you know, we see as happening to us. And, you know, being kind to myself, being kind to yourself, this is like, this is forgiveness. This is grace. This is looking inside and being like, it's okay, baby. Like, I love you. We're doing your, we're doing our best. Um, so let's keep doing it. Let's talk to ourselves, treat ourselves like our own best friend. Cause I'm trying to support my community. I'm trying to you know, preach love. I'm trying to verbalize love. I'm trying to push people to be the best versions of themselves. And uh, it's time to include ourselves in that uh, endeavor. Yeah, you do this for others. Now it is time to do it for yourself. Do it for yourself today, people. Have a wonderful week. Much love final announcements uh drink of the week is i forget the brand but it's uh coconut water half coconut water half lemon ginger sparkling water really great delicious uh treat you know especially in iowa coconut water is kind of expensive it's a little bit of a um luxury item um but when i was in thailand boy coconut water was part of a staple, a staple of my diet. Um, awesome. Cool. Well, thank you. If you're still listening, this was really fun. Um, as I'm recording this right now, I'm about to record another one with my friend David today. Uh, so we're going to keep pumping out these episodes. Um, as always, follow me on Instagram at Wes only one, uh, hit me up on TikTok or YouTube, Wes Carlson, just my name. And, uh, Hope you uh, tune in again. We're going to come up with a little jingle here really quick. Ready? Never stop learning. Never stop your growth. Never stop learning. You know which way to go. Never. Okay. I always, when I make up stuff, I find myself going into like, old classic melodies but hey we're we're out here exploring learning all right love you bye